Welcome back to the Fantasy Madness Podcast with me, your host, the Mad Chatter Ryan MK. Do not forget to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at RMK Madness. Thank you very much, and welcome, welcome, welcome back to Fantasy Madness. I hope you had a wonderful weekend. I did. I was rather lazy. Which, you know, I've been somewhat lazy throughout this time of not working, although I've been pounding these podcasts hard, and I've been writing, not just in my novels, but fantasy content. And now, I have officially published an article with the Roto Underworld. Yes, that's right, the Roto Underworld. And you've heard me mention them, the podfather Matt Kelly, his partner in crime on the Sonic Truth Dynasty podcast, Nate Liss, some of the people involved in the Roto Underworld, and Matt Kelly is the creator of Player Profiler, which I mention a lot because that is the database for metrics, the one and only fantastic app for, well, the information we need for what we're trying to do here. And now they've taken me under their wing. I've officially put out an article under their brand, and we're off and running. So check out my Twitter so that you can see that article, and I will have more to come, I assure you. Now, I had a very lazy weekend, but I have a very busy week. I spent a good amount of yesterday doing running around errands, hence I didn't get to podcasting. And to be honest, I got most of it recorded on Sunday night even though I kept referring to it as Monday and then I would mess up and mention that it was Sunday night and it's like the whole facade was broke. But I was going to put that out anyway because to me that's funny. However, upon further review of my podcast, there's a few pieces I didn't like. I didn't feel like editing the whole thing. And so I just was like, I'm just going to re-record it. That way I can do it on the right day, release it so I'm not messing up what fucking day it is. So that's the plan. That is the plan. Knock it out because, hey, this afternoon, we've got a a little graduation party for my kindergartner. That's right. Nothing too fancy. My mother, who isolates in, in Breckenridge, Colorado. We live near Denver, Colorado, in one of the suburbs. And she comes down from time to time. And she is here for the graduation. And then on Wednesday, we have my youngest, his birthday. He's going to be turning from two to three. So hopefully we're almost out of this phase of the two-year-old, three-year-old maniac phase. So we still got a little ways to go because he's just turning three. But hopefully he starts to phase out of that now that he's becoming three. And yes, he's the funniest little dude, but my goodness, when he gets upset, boy, does he get upset. But we're not doing crazy. You hear about these fucking virtual graduations. Like, aren't we going a little too far with this? It's fucking kindergarten, okay? When I was growing up, it's like you graduated elementary school, middle school, high school. And then, some of us, college. You didn't have a graduation for each grade? What the fuck? And these people got my wife feeling bad. Like... She's not doing enough for him because we're not having a virtual graduation. I'm like, fuck that. 
We don't follow the norm anyway. Just like the birthday hunks. We're not doing that shit tomorrow for Renly either. No, no, no. No, 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 no. We're not doing that at all. If you want to do it, fine. I would say, think about your neighbors. I don't believe mine thought about me when they did theirs. But I'm just saying, not my cup of tea, I guess. Not for this family. But getting a couple of cool gifts, some sciency type stuff. He loves the science stuff. So nice little graduation, some brownies. The wife is going to make a few uh, of those particular brownies extra special for her and I, if you know what I mean. If you don't, marijuana. So, yes, we should have a wonderful afternoon. And if any of you ever hear me and you're like, man, you smoke a lot of weed, but you have kids. You high around your kids? Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> and so fucking what? It's not like... I'm drunk off my ass around him. I don't drink. I don't do any drugs. I just smoke the weed. And what's the worst that's going to happen being stoned around my kid? I'm going to forget to fill up his cup? That's an easy fix. I'm going to ask him too many questions about Minecraft? He likes when I ask questions. He likes to talk to me about Minecraft. And when I'm high... I like to listen. So fuck off. Anyhow. Anyway. Any shway. Let's keep it rolling. Let's keep it rolling. So, this weekend, speaking of this weekend, the Bundesliga returned. Yes? So we got a little bit of soccer back. No fans. Now, it was weird because they said three of the players tested for COVID. So I'm not sure what that means for future games. But they're trying to get the soccer going in Germany. And I imagine the United States and, well, sports leagues from across the world are going to be watching this very closely to see what happens. And taking hints and tips and, you know, just saying, well, we'll make sure not to do that. And we can maybe try this. Because there's going to have to be some creativity to try and figure out how to do all this and do it safely. The NFL does have facilities opening today, but it seems to be for just uh, some employees, general managers and stuff like that. Coaches and players are not allowed in the facilities. And also with the NFL, they are actually trying to look into putting some sort of mask on the face mask of the helmets. To help keep, like the material, the N95 material, putting that around to help keep spit and stuff like that away, you know, to help for safety, basically. So there, there's going to be leagues all over trying all these different things. And, you know, football is in a good position because they're really thinking ahead, which is good to know. And, I mean, there's four months till the football season starts. So you're talking about three months till shit really has to ramp up. Well, in, a, in, a, in three months, we're going to know where we're sitting with this corona thing. I mean, momentarily. Because we also got to prepare for this shit to come back in the fall. And it's gonna, just like the flu. 
And so hopefully they have everything properly in place to handle that when it comes. Because it does seem like the sports leagues, more so than the United States government, is listening to the medical experts and scientists and taking their advice. So hopefully they're also planning for that second wave. And it seems like they are planning ahead for a lot. I mean, just look at how they did the schedule. A lot of interesting stuff with that. The way week two... All the teams that play have the same buys. To me, that's, you know, and I've heard other, I've read something about this on Twitter. I've heard it on other podcasts. It's a very good sign that what they're doing here is saying, hey, week one, we're going to give you something. And they're all awesome games. Like, when do we ever get a week one like this? This is going to be fun, spectacular, and it's going to be like, boom. And then in case anything goes wrong and they have to cut week two, they can always put that one at the end of the year. Or in the bye week, you know, they've got so many ways they can go about this. If they're planning ahead correctly. And it seems like they might be. So that's good news for fans of football such as us. Yes? Now, with all that being said, that's all I got to say for the intro. We're going to go ahead and get into other madness. And we're going to talk. I know, I know. I mentioned talking sleepers, but here's the thing. The next article I put out, well, is a little bit of a spoiler alert, is going to be on potential second-year breakouts. The, the, this article I just did was on Olamide Zacchaeus, who I believe has a very good chance of breaking out this year. Because if you look at the Falcons roster, to me, he's the third-best receiver there. Maybe, maybe the second. Yeah. I fucking said it. So, if they're going to throw the ball, like usual, the Falcons, it's a pretty high-octane offense most of the time, they could use someone besides Calvin and Julio. They got Hayden Hurst taking over for Hooper. They got Todd Gurley coming in. So there's still receptions to go around. But Zacchaeus can do some things those other players can't. And I believe he'll fit perfectly in the slot for the Falcons. But I've got some other players like that in mind. So I want to talk about second-year players who have the potential to break out this year. So I'm going to write about that. And then we'll discuss it a little bit on the next episode. So for this podcast in the madness, I just wanted to get into some kind of undervalued players. Some guys you can, that will, to me, outperform their draft capital. And therefore, they can be steals in the draft. They can be great trade targets in Dynasty. And we're going to get into that. Because I've got some ideas. We'll be right back. Alrighty, and we're back. We're back at it. And we're going to get into these draft steals. Or however you want to put it, trade targets. Just guys I think are undervalued. So welcome to the madness. And let's get into it. So, I kind of broke this down by position. I'm not doing quarterbacks. Maybe one day I will do a podcast. But, you know, during the offseason. Specifically, uh, uh, you know, just the madness part. The meat of the pod. I will do that on quarterbacks. So I can kind of give my thoughts on quarterbacks. But they bore me. They really do. I like 
the scrambling type quarterbacks. And there's starting to be more of them, but people are picking up on that. I'm noticing that in the draft. Like I really love in my draft, the super flex draft. I really like this team I'm starting with. But all the quarterbacks I like are gone. So now I'm sitting here and we're like, I have to get a quarterback. <laughs> but I really don't want any of these fuckers. So, what to do, what to do. I did end up snatching Tua with my last pick. And the way the draft is set up, after my next pick, most of those teams have quarterbacks. So I'm just going to kind of see the teams uh, leading up to my pick. If they start going quarterback, I'm going to have to grab a, another one right now. Might go for Drew Locke. Sam Darnold. One of those, maybe. Now, should not many quarterbacks go, knowing that after my pick, there are going to be very few teams interested in quarterback, I may feel confident to grab another running back or a wide receiver, or maybe even snatch up my tight end right now, although it does look like Jonu Smith, Ian Thomas, those guys are a little bit down there, and spoiler alert, I'm going to talk about those guys coming up. So, I really like my super flex league. But the quarterback position, it's just kind of boring. It doesn't intrigue me. It doesn't get me excited. I know it's necessary. <laughs> it's like vegetables. You know you have to have them. But you could fucking care less. Right? Quarterbacks are like vegetables. There. I said that. I said it as well. There. No, I put as well in there, but what? The... Anyway, moving on. Moving on. Getting into these players that I'm talking about that I believe to be undervalued. Now we're going to go wide receiver first. And the guy I'm bringing up at the top is Allen Robinson. Now, I'm not saying people aren't aware of how awesome he is. But he's only 27. He's been a wide receiver one. Many, I mean, look at last year. He was the number 12 receiver on the year in fantasy football. Number 12. With a fucking terrible offense and Mitch Trubisky, and they didn't do hardly shit last year, and he was still number 12. Now, I'm not saying Nick Foles will be a huge upgrade, but it is an upgrade at least. And if that doesn't work out, at some point the Bears are going to make a move. Could they potentially still go after Cam Newton? He's just hanging out there waiting. If they say, okay, fuck Mitch Trubisky, let's roll with Foles, and Foles gets out there a few games in and he gets injured, or he plays like shit, what are the Bears going to do? Just go right back to Mitch? Regardless, the upgrade helps him. He's going in the fourth round. I'm sorry, but you're telling me I can get Allen Robinson in the fourth. Now, I know to some of you, maybe that seems right. But to me, that's the fucking problem. He's a wide receiver one. With the potential, with a better quarterback situation, to be top five. 
Dude is a monster. And he continues to prove it. So this is someone, hey, if he's sitting there in the fourth, I'm taking him every fucking time. And if someone wants to get rid of him in Dynasty, I'm fucking on it, okay? I imagine you at least got three to f- three years, maybe three to five left of him being top notch. And if the Bears could just get a quarterback or he goes somewhere else, he's proven he can be a monster anywhere he goes. So, that's someone I'm looking at. Someone I'm looking at. I drafted him in both my Superflex startup and my guillotine league. Took him in both leagues. So I'm feeling pretty good about where I'm at with Allen Robinson. Now, number two on this list, I have Adam Thielen. Yes, he's about to be 30. He had a rough year last year. But let's look at it this way. Stephon Diggs is gone. And even when Stephon Diggs is there, Kirk Cousins preferred Thielen. And I wonder if that was part of the problem with Diggs. He wanted the ball more. But Kirk had an eye for Thielen. Odd that Thielen and Diggs were such good buddies. It's a weird dynamic. It does make you wonder. I've I've said over and over, okay? Been a Vikings fan for a while. Quite a few years. I've seen this whole Stefan Diggs thing. I like him a lot. I don't like people point out the diva and stuff like that because fuck off. Let him be him. Now, I do think he was on some bullshit a little bit. And I do wonder if... He had such a time in Minnesota with Kirk Cousins. <laughs> and he's going to Buffalo with Josh Allen. I just don't see how he's going to be much happier, I guess. I'd, I don't know. Just seems like a bit, of, a bit of a volatile situation, in my opinion. But back to Thielen. No digs. Yes, They drafted Justin Jefferson, and I believe in Justin Jefferson, and I love him. But he's a rookie. And so he could take some time, especially this year. We're not sure how training camps and all of that are going to go. So I think Kirk Cousins is going to come out just bombing it to fucking Thielen. Now, if you're a win-now team in Dynasty, grab this dude. He could help you win. If you're in a startup, grab him. He's going in the fifth round. He could be a top 10 receiver. Let's not forget the production he's had before last year. And let's not forget he has much less wear and tear than most 30-year-old receivers just based on the fact that he didn't do much his first few years in the league. You know, they did a little special teams here and there, stuff like that. But it wasn't until a few years ago when he became part of the rotation in that receiver core, and then became the guy. It's only been within a few years, people, okay? So I believe, even though he's 30, he's still got two or three good years left in him. And if you get this guy somehow, he has a monster year this year, you could turn around and fucking sell him next year, during the offseason. So... I think that's just because it wasn't just it was just a couple years ago people were willing to pay top dollar for Adam Thielen they will be again if he has another fantastic year and that's what I'm banking on number three on the wide receiver list is Christian Kirk 
A lot of people down on him because of DeAndre Hopkins. And, you know, there's still Larry Fitz and Andy Isabella, and they have all these receivers, and the running backs catch balls, and Kyler Murray likes to run it, and blah, 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 blah. But here's the thing. Fitz ain't playing forever, man. He's one of the most awesome receivers ever as far as he's a master of the position. He takes care of his fucking body. Like, there's not much to dislike about Larry Fitzgerald. But, but, he's up there, man. How much is he going to be able to contribute this year? So if you're asking me, who's the number two receiver behind DeAndre Hopkins? It's Christian Kirk. And if defenses are going to pay a little more attention to DeAndre Hopkins, that could open up things for Christian Kirk, especially in year two of this system, where they should be a bit more of a high-powered offense. I just see this being a very good year for Christian Kirk. We'll see how it plays out. But he's going in the fourth round. I'm sorry, the ninth round. (laughs) I fucked up that nine on my sheet. Looked like a four. (laughs) So anyway. Going in the ninth round, he could very well put up wide receiver two numbers this year, and you're getting him, bam, maybe as your third receiver. Now imagine if you had these three guys. Let's say you go running back, running back, your first two picks. Rounds three and four, you grab Thielen and Robinson. Five rounds later, grab you some Christian Kirk. Ba-boom. I mean, (laughs) this is potential for a very solid lineup. These three receivers. You know what I'm saying? So, I like all three of those guys a lot. Let me flip my sheet around. I know it's loud. It's loud. I kind of make it loud on purpose because I can make it seem like not important with all the papers. Anyway. So, moving on to running back. Number one on my list is Rashad Penny. A lot of people down on him. Still some people that have hope, but a lot of people are down on him. Not me. I don't fucking like Chris Carson. I'm sorry. Wasn't even the best running back on his team in college. He's done all right in the NFL, but tends to get a little banged up. And he tends to have a little bit of an issue holding on to the football. I like DJ Dallas. I like Travis Homer. I do. The both of them. To me, they're not Rashad Penny. Now, the issue is Rashad Penny's injury. But, as we know, ACLs are getting easier to come back from. Yes? It's, you know, it used to be viewed as like a career ender. It's not anymore. Now, the issue is that he had it so late in the year. And let's admit it, most players, the year after the ACL, I mean, we've seen it before. A year after that, it takes some time to really get back to yourself after that kind of injury. Okay? It's still fairly serious. So, the idea behind this is that Rashad Penny, he's likely to go on the PUP list. He is falling all the way down to the 15th round. In a startup dynasty, this is someone you can get in the 15th round and put him on your IR spot if you have them. Or fuck, it's a dynasty startup, just keep him on your bench. 15th round! If he does get put on the pup list, when he comes back, he could come back 
and play pretty good and help you win your fantasy league. See, I love to look at players that can really help me towards the end of a season. In a redraft league, I'll often look at that and see what moves can I make to help me help set me up for the end of the season and that playoff run. I love to do that. And this, to me, is one of those fucking guys. I traded him away in a league a year ago, and I'm kind of bummed I did. Because I'd love to have him this year. Because I feel like by week 10, he could be putting up decent fantasy numbers and give your team a big boost. So again, 15th round, man. And if you're looking to trade for him in Dynasty, people probably aren't asking that much for him. Well, I know one guy One guy was trying to still get a first out of him. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with people? Do people not understand? Like, first of all, there, there's the situation where people think, oh, I paid a first round pick for that guy. So he should be worth a first round pick. No, once you make the pick, it's not the value of the pick anymore. It's the value of the fucking player, you fucking morons. Okay? Jesus. And, and conversely, just because... You traded a bunch for a guy. Does not mean you're going to get that same amount in return. This fucking guy in one of my leagues, he's not in there anymore. He left at the beginning of this year. He traded an ungodly amount to get A.J. Green. Since then, A.J. Green has not quite been himself as, well, it was a few years ago. So as you know, now I tried to acquire him last year to help me on my playoff run. And what he wanted was ridiculous. And I'm like, he's not worth that. And And he's like, yeah, but I paid a lot to get him. Like, it doesn't fucking matter. You're going to lose some in fantasy, whether it's games, points. You're going to have those times you leave points on the bench. You're always going to lose in fantasy in certain ways. You're going to lose with picks. You're going to lose with trades. Shit happens. You want to try and trim that shit as much as possible. You don't want to be losing. So you want to avoid it. But it's inevitable. Things happen to players. They lose their value. It's okay. You just move on. So next on the list, I have Matt Breida. Now this guy, we've seen what he can do a little bit in San Francisco. Okay. But there's too many running backs there, right? Especially with the emergence of Raheem Mostert. Now, everybody in that San Francisco backfield had a bit of a hard time staying healthy, but we have seen Brita flash awesomeness when he's been healthy and out there. And now he goes to Miami, who has people like, oh, Kalen Balaj, and they signed Jordan Howard and free agency, who I fucking can't stand. Ugh. That's Brita's fucking job in Miami. And if their offense continues to progress as it did last year, and they actually have someone back there who can run the fucking ball, that's not only going to make the offense better, but that's going to help Brita a ton. He's going in the eighth round of startup drafts. He could potentially be an RB2 this year. Eighth fucking round. So this is someone I'm targeting in any startup. He's only 20 fucking five. And he's got some shit to prove. I guarantee it. I kind of feel mad, wouldn't you? 
All those running backs, I'm the one to get sent away? I'm the one to get fucking traded? Now, I know some people kind of think it's a myth, old chip in the shoulder, and how are you going to tell a guy to get extra motivation? They do. Haven't you ever been that individual? When someone says you can't do something, even if you want to do it and you plan on doing it just drives you even more because it pisses you off. Fuck you. I can't do it. Fuck you. So I expect a little fuck you from Matt Breida, and I expect him to kick some ass with the Dolphins. Now, last one on the running back list is actually a rookie, Eno Benjamin. This dude is fantastic, and he's going super late in rookie drafts, super late in startup drafts, even if even drafted. He ran a 4 5 40. At the combine, upper percentile burst and agility scores. He's comparable to Duke Johnson. I love this guy. Drafted by the Cardinals. Drafted by the Cardinals. Who just gave Kenyon Drake a little bit of money, but not a lot of money and not a lot of years. Because let's face it, aside from what Kenyon Drake did in Arizona's offense last year, he hasn't done a whole lot. Now, I've never viewed Drake as that great of a player, so I was a little surprised last year. But, I do see how he could potentially just be able to produce more because he's in a a system that fits him better. Sorry, that was so hard for me to get out. It was like the words were like, blocked. Anyway. Then you have Chase Edmonds, and I like Chase Edmonds. I do. But last year, he had some moments to really prove himself. And he only really had the one game, and then he got hurt, and then he didn't do really a whole life. It's just, I look at it, and David Johnson wasn't picked by that coaching staff. Chase Edmonds wasn't. They did choose Kenyon Drake, and they have picked Eno Benjamin. I don't think... It's ridiculous at all to think Eno steps right into that number two role. And should Kenyon Drake get hurt or regress back to the way he played in Miami, which I understand. Terrible situation. Adam Gase was there. <laughs> like, I get some of the things behind that. But the best of the best running backs find a way regardless. So that's part of my thing with Drake. I'm just not as high as him on everybody else. And I really am excited about Eno Benjamin. And so Drake, his small sample, his history, you look at that. You look at Chase Edmonds. Is it out of the realm of fucking possibility that Eno Benjamin is the starting running back for the Cardinals by the end of the year? I don't think so. I don't think so. And he's cheap, 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 cheap. So grab you some Eno. Next, we move on to tight ends. Now, the top two tight ends, I'm just going to talk about at the same time. Most are aware of them, but that's John Smith and Ian Thomas. But here's the deal. Smith, ninth round. Thomas, tenth round. Both these guys are projected starters. In solid offenses. With solid quarterbacks. And solid running games. Okay? Greg Olson is gone from Carolina. Delaney Walker is gone from Tennessee. 
It is Janu and Ian. Janu, upper percentile metrics. Aside from the agility drills, he was fantastic in everything. He had 92nd percentile dominator rating, 100% percentile breakout age. Ian Thomas, upper percentile metrics all across the board. is comparable to Austin Hooper. We know what Austin Hooper has done. He came right out of the gates, played pretty well. It was a mainstay in that Falcons offense until he was trade or until he signed with the Browns in free agency. Almost a traded. I know, I know. So I love these guys. They have the athleticism. They have production behind them. They are going to be the next two guys to make some noise at tight end. You need to get one of them. Ninth, tenth round. So while everybody else is drafted, you know, not everybody else, but while you see those guys taking Kittle and Kelsey in the third round, you just keep gobbling up running backs and receivers. And then once you've had your fill, you get back down to the ninth, tenth round and you grab one of these fucking guys, okay? Okay. And the last tight end I'll mention is Josh Oliver. Now, I was going to mention Mike Gusecki, but after looking into his average draft position, he's really going about where he should, to be honest. Maybe a little bit higher. And I like Mike Gusecki a lot. His measurables are crazy across the board, too. Like, in the 90s percentile across the board. <laughs> it's crazy. But with him, he's kind of, people are more aware of him. So I'm going with Josh Oliver, and here's why. The Jaguars drafted him last year, third round, okay? Takes tight ends a little time, remember that. Remember, takes tight ends a little time. He didn't do much last year, didn't play a whole lot. But this year, that means who do they have? O'Shaughnessy still? Yeah. They signed Tyler Eifert. Just hasn't been the same since all the injuries. Josh Oliver could come out and be that safety valve for Gardner Minshew. He's going to have DJ Chark. They're going to have LaVisca Chenault to use all over the field. Minshew has weapons. Give him a big, awesome athletic tight end to throw to, too. Two, 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 two. So that's what I'm thinking. That's where I'm going with it. So we have Josh Oliver and that guy. <laughs> you can get him free. Free. Because nobody gives a fuck about him. <laughs> but I do. And I keep an eye on him this year. So grab him, stash him, and see what happens. All right, that's what I got for you. For uh, players that I feel are being undervalued that I think you should definitely target in drafts or definitely target for trade in your dynasty leagues, okay? These are the thoughts of a madman. Anyway, that's what I got for you. Take a quick break. We'll come back, close this fucker up, and get out of here. Oh, yeah! Alrighty. Thank you once again for joining me, listening to this Madness, if you will. I do appreciate it. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at RMKMadness. Check out all my fantasy football content and my other content. My podcast, Miscellaneous Debris. Kind of a variety hour type show, if you will. 
I like to make fun of Trump on it, if you're into that. And his followers. Oh, especially his followers. Especially them. They're just too easy. Anyway. So yeah, check out all my stuff. Go to Twitter, follow me. But thank you for joining. Once again, this has been the Fantasy Madness Podcast with the Mad Chatter, Ryan MK, as your host. And we will chat again soon. Next episode, we'll get into, uh, like I said, those sophomore players that have the potential to bust out in 2020. And look for my article on the very same topic. All right, people. Until next time, peace out.